It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, it is the Go Birds podcast presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Uh, Monday, Elliot, um, I'm tired today. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I came in tired. I've been feeling tired all day. Just one of those days, the Phillies sucked on Sunday. Yeah. The Sixers, it's like just opt out of the playoffs. Who cares? But you know what? I turn on the mic. I get you on the phone, and all of a sudden I feel good a little bit go. better. How about that? Well, let's not say good to go. Good, I'm not. I'm not maybe not 100, percent but I'm feeling better. Feeling better. Well, I got I got a few exciting things to tell you off the jump. Oh, so, that's what I'm talking yeah. about right there. All right, so I'll start with the first exciting one. So today we're recording this August 10th. It's a Monday. James, one week from now, we will have witnessed a full Eagles training camp practice, and I've already made the executive oh, decision. Oh, 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 oh. Emergency pod. Next Monday, <laughs> calling it an emergency pod, even though it's, it's planned. We will People have- don't know it's planned. Yes. It's emergency. Yeah. We're, we do yeah. rephrase. We are not planning to record next Monday. Correct. Emergency. We'll talk to you Tuesday. We'll talk to you Tuesday. <laughs> so literally one one week. I mean, it's crazy. I feel like so that is crazy. this offseason, it's kind of felt like 
football was coming back a little, you know, like there was, they, I guess actually maybe it really hasn't, but when they, when they showed up a few weeks ago, it was like, all right, training camp's beginning. And then it was maybe one of the deadest periods of my career in terms of like content of what's going on. Like nothing has been happening. Um, so one week from today, I'm super pumped. And James, do you know how pumped I am today? The Eagles released a 59 second video with clips of rookies practicing. I wrote an eight, I wrote, eight, I wrote, a, I wrote a, I wrote an article with eight observations off of it. So yeah, that, I, that you are the target audience for that video. Yeah, I am ready to go. Let me say Jalen Rager. I was not big on number 18 initially. I like it. I've seen him. Oh, in that's I a big, that's a big around. change right there. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Sean Bradley, number 54 looked great. I feel like he's going to make a pro bowl based simply well, off that temple. Um, I mean, of course yeah, he is. Temple mid. And perhaps the most important thing to take away from the clip. I saw Quez Watkins, John Hightower and Jalen Rager catch all four of the passes thrown their way. I had Jalen Hurts as two for two in the video. So the rookie class is looking very strong to start. So, was, so you're saying Super Bowl is what you're trying to say. Essentially. I'm saying all the worry <laughs> about the receivers was obviously overblown. So they, you know, so it was just exciting to see it. And you know, in all in all seriousness, the one takeaway I did have from the video, and again it was 59 seconds, the team edited it. But it felt like football. Like, we haven't seen the team do anything since January. Like, they have not practiced. They have not – we haven't even seen any, any of them, like, in jerseys, right? So you kind of wondered what it's, what's it going to look like in the COVID world. Is, is Are they going to be able to tackle each other? How close together are they going to be? And I'll tell you, even just, like, the way the sun was hitting the Novacare fields, like, I could smell training camp from watching it. Oh, look at it, this. It looked so much like football. Like, the drills all looked the same. Yeah, you know what? Like, David Phipp had a mask on in the background. And I'm happy that they're doing those things because it's going to help football continue. But it really, really looked like football. So I am so pumped for a week from now. I'm, like, ready to have observations. I'm ready to track the stats. Like, football is right here. I can literally smell it. So I am – I know you're a little tired and you're going to get more excited as we go. But, man, I'm just, like, so pumped for the start of this. Look at this. I mean, your, your your excitement is infectious, Elliot. This is good. Yeah. And, and, look, and I'm sure oh, – Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sure you're not the only one. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are, who are really ready to get into some football right now. So we texted about this over the weekend. And, you know, obviously Sunday did not go, I think, as all Philly sports fans hoped, right? Like yeah. Spencer, ha Spencer Howard I thought looked pretty good, but he ended up – I think his ERA is in the sevens after one start, which isn't ideal. Uh Obviously, the Sixers are a disaster right now. But I was texting with you on Sunday. I, I felt like maybe it was a combination of knowing the Eagles were coming, having all three teams play. The Flyers won Saturday night. Like, it does feel like sports are really back now. Like, I, if this was the first time where sports felt like normal and it was like, okay, we're back in the swing of things with sports. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, the Phillies play for a weekend and then they're off for a week. It kind of stunted that feeling. Yeah. I'm so with you. It, it feels It feels real. Thank goodness for the Flyers, we'll say that. Um, and look, to the point of the video you, you uh, the Eagles put out, obviously they always do a great job with that type of stuff, but also it's actually kind of relevant to what we're going to be talking about today. We'll get to that in a second, but let, let's dive into some Eagles news. A couple pieces of news since we last recorded. We kind of touched on on one of them during the, uh, the Saturday radio show, but quickly, uh, before we get to how that video makes sense, uh, yeah. about what we're talking about today. Uh, thoughts on the Vinnie Curry signing first, and then one other piece of news we'll get into. So let me ask you this. How many, if I had to ask you, how many sacks do you think, how many more sacks did Vinnie Curry have than Fletcher Cox last year? 
A, how depressed would that question make you? And B, <laughs> it's already depressed. Yeah, I, I and, hate I hate it. And B, what would your answer be? So, I Do you know think the answer. Vin, no, so I I think I think I know that Vinny had five sacks last year. Is that correct? I think that's a yes. number he had. Okay, so then I remember that Cox was low. I think I want to say three and a half. So I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'd say one and a half more. Yeah, you're dead on. You're dead okay. on. So, okay. And look, I, I don't think that means Vinny Curry had a better year than Fletcher Cox. But I, Vinny Curry was a good signing by Howie Roseman last year. Uh, now, a lot of his sacks came at the end of the year. I think he was somewhat inconsistent. But as your third or fourth defensive end, Vinny Curry is fine. I, I, I'm fine with that. I think the defensive end position needed some help. I don't think we, – we've talked about it throughout the last few pods. The, the defensive end position is a concern. That being said – we also talked this offseason about how the Eagles want to get younger and about how it's been a priority for them this offseason. And we'll obviously get into that with, you know, where ESPN ranked them among young talent on the roster. But Vinny Curry is going to make the team like Vinny Curry will not be released. So now you look at the defensive end position and it's uh, Brandon Graham, obviously. Derek Barnett, Vinny Curry, Josh Wett. Like those four guys are making it. I think Jannard Avery is making the team. He would have to have a disastrous training camp. So when you look at those five guys, like they're not going to keep six defensive ends. So this means Sharif Miller is almost certainly not making it. Casey Tuhill, the seventh round pick, is not making it. Joe Osman's not making it. Like the younger guys that you kind of prioritize getting snaps are not going to even be on the roster. And also, I think Vinny Curry could cut into Derek Barnett's snaps because if you have a competent backup defensive end, you're more willing to you know, take Barnett out. And it's not the end of the world. Like The Eagles have done a good job of shuffling their defensive ends. But why is a 30, if I'm not mistaken, 32-year-old, 31, 32-year-old Vinny Curry taking snaps from guys in their young 20s when the message all offseason was we need to get these young guys snaps? It's a, it's a great question, Elliot. And it, and it kind of goes to... You know, what is this team this year? You know, what are they trying to accomplish? What are their goals? All that type of stuff. And, you know, you can't do both things. You either need to commit to playing young guys and finding out what you have or to trying to to make winning football games the first priority. And it's – it's. I, I really – look, I think Vinny Curry is better than what they have right now. I think he makes the team better, so I can't say I hate the move. But I, I, it does raise a lot of questions, especially when we're talking about a, a, a position as important as defensive end yeah. towards the future of your football team when you have, like, real – I mean, if Derek Barnett doesn't bust out, so to speak, I mean, that's a real weakness talking about long-term talent, and obviously we'll dive more into that in a minute. But Well, we've talked it, about Yannick this offseason, right? Like, that was yeah. that was why you go and you pay for Yannick. But, look, here, here's three, three signings that I, I went and I looked at the roster – the, all three of these players are on one-year deals that I don't. I think there is either a pretty good chance they're not back in 2020, or at very least, I'd be surprised if they're back. So Vinny Curry, 32 years old, he'll be getting snaps over uh, Sharif Miller and Josh Sweat. Both of them are 23. I don't know if either of them are good. I think Josh Sweat could give you what Vinny Curry will, honestly. But So that's uh, nine years difference right there. Jason Peters, 38, going to be starting and playing over Matt Pryor, who's 25. Nicole Roby Coleman, not super old, 28 years old, but he's playing over Craven LeBlanc, who's 26. There's a good chance none of those guys are back in 2021. 20, and now you haven't gotten Sharif Miller any snaps, Josh Sweat, 
was going to get limited snaps. Matt Pryor, if everything goes right, won't play a snap this year. Craven, I, I look, it might be a competition, but I think Roby Coleman's going to start over him. Like he would have to really struggle for Craven to win it. So these are all young players that we thought were going to be getting snaps that are not going to be getting it. Go, yeah, go getting them anymore. And look, I mean, this is important stuff, and we'll get to it in a sec in, in bigger detail because we're about to talk some Howie Roseman heavily. But quickly yes. before we get there, um, I think an unexpected thing. And look, I don't think this is making or breaking the Eagles, but linebacker is a weak position, and Davis Brown just decided to retire. Well, what do you? Uh, yeah. What did you think of that when when you heard it? Kind of a surprise. So a little like behind the scenes, or what? What do they call like behind the scenes? Inside baseball. baseball. Inside inside baseball. Okay, that that's the saying. So. Normally, when the Eagles break, make a roster move, how it works is that there's a mass text that goes out to all the media members from the Eagles PR, PR staff. They'll, they'll do it like for press conferences and stuff or once a roster move becomes official. So nine out of ten times when the Eagles make a roster move, I, that's, how, that's why you see all the beats texted at the same time. So you, you get a text message. So I'm sitting at home. If I'm not, correct, if I'm not mistaken, it was Sunday, right? Like I'm, I'm relaxing and I'm just scrolling through Twitter and I see from the Eagles account that Jatavius Brown retired. And I swear on my life, I almost like texted like people in the organization and asked if their account had been hacked. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, was this a mistake? Like maybe do you guys have like text ready to go for all, all types of scenarios and someone hit the wrong button? Like that was my initial reaction. I mean, it, it, it makes no sense on the surface because he's only 26 years old. He just signed with the team. In theory, he was... I don't think he was a lock to make the roster. In fact, I went back and looked, not even have him on my 53-man roster. So I, I don't, you know, he might have not made the team, but he was a priority free agent signing. They signed him within the first week, and you would think at least this was going to be a real chance for him to compete for playing time. So I was very surprised. Um, but then you dig deeper into it, and, you know, I, I think because of the COVID opt-outs, the story is not talked about as much anymore, but players retiring from football young is becoming more of a thing. Now, Jatavis has not made life-changing amounts of money. Like, he's made more money in a short amount of time than a lot of people will in their life, but he's not made life-changing amount of money. He's going to have to continue to work. So, uh, yeah, I I'm surprised. We haven't got a chance to speak to him from what I've been told. He just didn't want to play football. Like, it's kind of simple. It's just, you know, some people just quit jobs because they don't want to do it anymore. And it sounds like that's essentially what he did. So, weird, surprising. Uh, does it matter? No. But, like... It was, yeah, it was definitely surprising. What, what unexpected, unexpected. Yeah. And again, yeah, it, I think it's one of those things where I, I bet you there's a large percentage of Eagles fans who, when they saw that news, said, who the hell is Jatavis Brown? Yeah, that was so, all my <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think that that's yeah. a, uh, I don't think it's a, you know, that big a deal for the Eagles, but yeah, it's surprising. And I, I do think that that is a clear trend across football, particularly with guys who, who've who been able to make money earlier. You know, Luke Keekley, a, a recent example, we've seen that a fair amount, but yeah, it caught me off guard. But regardless, look, the, Jatavis Brown was not making or breaking this linebacking core, I don't think, one way or the other. Um, well, like the, the X's and O's part of it, if you want to dig into it. I mean, they did sign him for a reason. Uh, and this is also another linebacker. Now, he retired, so it's a little different. But if you look at their recent stretches, I mean, Corey Nelson in 2017, I guess it would have been, 2017, 2018, they signed him from the Broncos. He gets cut in training camp. Uh LJ Fort, he was cut. He's been playing really well in Baltimore. Zach Brown was signed last year. Everyone thought, like, how he sees and what a great move. I was even on that train. He ends up being a disaster. And now uh, Jatavis Brown doesn't even make it to training camp before he retires. So the, the linebacker core signings have not been great recently. Um, from an X's and O's standpoint, I think they wanted him because of his speed. 
um, from a coverage from in terms of the coverage. Not a great tackler, but he is quick. So when you look at how this impacts things, I still think Nate Gary and TJ Edwards are your top two linebackers. Nate as your coverage guy, TJ as your run guy. They'll get the majority of the snaps. I think he would have competed, uh, Jatavis would have competed with Davion Taylor, the third-round pick out of Colorado, for coverage snaps because Davion is one of the best athletes at, at linebacker to come out of the draft. He did a lot of man coverage at Colorado, covering tight ends and running backs. Um, but he's raw. He's only played two years of like real football at a high level. So you probably would have, in an ideal world, Jatavis Brown comes in, plays well in training camp, and you're able to develop Davion until uh, you're able to play Jatavis until Davion's ready. Now I think you could see Davion play a little quicker. Um, the Eagles keep saying Sean Bradley's fast. I don't know if that's true as much as I love the fact he wears number 54. Um, but I just don't know if that's true. So I don't know if this impacts him as much. I think you still see Sean Bradley in running downs. But this does put more added pressure on Davion Taylor potentially to get on the field quicker. Way too much info on Jatavis Brown. And I there you go. It. Yeah, that was. I appreciate that it. That was. All right. Yeah. Let's get into. Yeah, I like it. Though. It's I good. Like, yeah. It's good. Uh, let's get into what matters. Uh, as today, we're going to kind of, I think, maybe put Howie Roseman on trial a little bit, for lack of a better phrase. The ESPN uh, youth rankings came out today, um, and they basically look at every roster in the NFL and decide only looking at the players 25 and younger and rank the 25 and younger talent on each team in the league. And I think probably unsurprisingly, we've talked a lot on this podcast, on WIP, just as Eagles fans, about the fact that there's not a lot of really young talent, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, that you feel great about, or you're like, that's a no-doubter. I mean, we got Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, there are a couple guys, but for the most part, it's not a wealth of young talent that you feel like or we feel like are, are no doubt about it. And as a result, the Eagles come in 29th out of 32 teams. Um, no blue chip players, according to ESPN. Um, Avante Maddox and Sidney Jones, they said, excelled in roles last season. That seems like a touch yeah. of a stretch there, a touch of a stretch. Um, for what it's worth, the Cowboys were at 24th, so just slightly ahead of the Eagles, not as far as I think a lot of people might have thought. Um, what do you think of this ranking? And, and then we'll kind of dive into the how, he, how he's rolling it because, yeah. I mean, how he's responsible for providing young talent to the team. And he said this offseason, such an important thing. Um, so far, you know, they've not done a great job. I, I had a lot of takeaways from this. Uh, I was not surprised that they came in very low. Um, I was surprised they had no blue chip players. I mean, Miles Sanders is 23. If he's not considered an elite young player, I don't really know who is. Maybe – Maybe I'm overrating Miles Sanders because it seems like I'm yelling to myself sometimes in terms of the fact that what are we all missing with him? He had 1,300 yards last year. He looks explosive. He's very good blocking. He can catch the ball. I mean, you can make the argument outside of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he, he maybe not like top three receiving running back, but he was up there. Like he made a lot of plays down the field, dangerous. So I don't know what I'm seeing with Miles Sanders that other people aren't. And I know you're on the same, uh, you're on the bandwagon as well with that in terms of him getting over that 13, uh, 1,300 yards, and we think closer to 1,800. So I was really surprised that uh, Miles Sanders was not on there. The other thing, like as you mentioned, that caught my eye was like they listed the play of Avante Maddox and Sidney Jones as positives when making this <laughs> list. I mean, <laughs> you know, like Sidney Jones, look, I I'm still a believer. I've changed my opinion. I used to not be a believer. Now I am. But he played like, you know, what, four really good snaps last year. So it's hard for me to say that. It's hard know, for anybody to say. Yeah. And uh, Avante Maddox, 
look, we're going to label a lot of these hit these players uh, and draft pick hit, hits or misses. Last year when I did I did something similar, I had Avante Maddox labeled as a hit. And I think he probably still is. He's a fourth-round pick. He's given them quality snaps. He's, he's versatile. But I thought he did not have a great year last year. Like, I'm not as high on Avante Maddox as I was last year. So that was a weird thing to me. Now, the, my other takeaways I had were Carson Wentz, like – when you think about young talent on the Eagles, I think we would probably instinctually still say Carson Wentz. When this season ends, like, and I think his birthday is December 30th or around there, he'll be 28 years old. Like, that's not young. I mean, he, he he's entering his fifth year. He had a back injury, a torn ACL. So... I don't know. Does he still count as a young player? Like in uh, your mind, like not not in the classic sense of young. I think he's starting to head into to not being a quote unquote young player. But for quarterbacks, and granted, he you know you you need him to prove that he can age gracefully. But right. I, I think quarterbacks obviously have a longer shelf life. So I, I think you could say he's a younger player. But yeah, I think you know once you turn twenty eight and you've been in the league for six years, five years, whatever. I mean, you're not. You're definitely a veteran, but I, I still think he, there's the potential for a lot of great years ahead for once. But yeah, I think it's a fair point. I wouldn't say he's a, a young player anymore. I mean, he's. I think he's supposed to be in his prime. Like, this is where I think you want the best of Carson. And clearly, you hope you get the best of Carson for 10 years, and he's playing when he's 48 like Tom Brady is, or however old Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not 48. I missed. Uh, 43, Elliot. 43, 43, okay, yeah. All right, I was going to say 48, 48 sounds really Jesus. old. Jesus. Well, I was thinking, I mean, Jason Peters is 38, and I knew he was older. Yeah, but very different. <laughs> very different. I mean, that would, yeah, that would be 21 years older than Carson. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, the other thing that's important to remember about this list is they picked a cutoff of 25 years. I don't know if that's the right cutoff to pick. Uh, I could see why it is, just because I think you're, you know, most players in the league three years at that point. Um, so Dallas Goddard did not make the list because he is 25. He is not, you know, like 24. You have to be younger than 25. Ah, see, I thought it was 25 and younger. Okay. I don't believe so. I mean, they didn't have Goddard and. Well, yeah, they would have if he were under. I would think sure. they would have. Although, I mean, Goddard, I guess, still has to prove that he could do it on a full time basis. He is still a backup. So. I could see – I mean, look, the, I don't think if they included Goddard, the Eagles would have jumped to, like, 23. But I would at least think he would be on there. Um, they had, like, an interesting list of guys that just missed the cut. I think they called them just graduated. They had, like, Greg Ward, Boston Scott. I mean, th the main takeaway is this Eagles team does not have good young talent. They just they just don't. Like, it's Miles Sanders, maybe Goddard, and that's it. And obviously we don't know what Jalen Reger will be. I don't think you can include rookies yet just because we have no idea what, what they're going to be. But, yeah, I mean, the youth on this roster is not in a good spot. I mean, if, if we uh, – who would you say the best young players are? I, I, I guess well, Carson. I think you nailed it. It's, it's Miles Sanders and Dallas Goddard. And if you want to put Wentz in there, you can put Wentz. Uh, what's Hargraves, 27, I believe, or something like that. I, I mean, he's the type of yeah. guy – and. Um, but again, th this is something we've talked about, man. I mean, how many times have we said on this very podcast, particularly talking about the defense, find me a young defensive player who you believe in on this team? There aren't any. There are none. Zero. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, what it I is. Mean, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, Kayvon Wallace, if you, yeah. Who like, knows? Like you just said, yeah. rookies. If you They're really want to stretch, if you him. really want to stretch, maybe Jalen Mills, but I think that's definitely a stretch. No, and I don't want to the minority. No, I, I don't on. know, man. I mean, I, again, we talked about this last pod. I'm kind of yeah. in on being a safety. I but, know, I know. But regardless, I mean, we're talking about guys you can that that you could build your team around. Guys who are 
core members of, of being a, a great team in the NFL, they don't have young talent. And I think that's why, you know, we're, we need to talk about Howie Roseman because, and look, Howie has clearly recognized it. He talked about the importance of getting young, of getting younger talent. They had all those draft picks. He didn't want to trade them to move up in the draft, all that type of stuff, a surplus of young talent. We just don't know and, and really don't expect that he made the right draft picks, right? I mean, that's the issue. Right. Um, and then when you look at the free agent moves, let's dive into this. I mean, I, let's go through the moves. And obviously, let's start in 2018 because I think everyone Post on the planet would agree that Howie Roseman had a perfect offseason 2017. And and look, I don't think that's thrown out the window. I know there are a lot of people who say you have to completely move on for the Super Bowl. Like, it's time to certainly turn the page, but at the same time, like how he still gets credit for that, how he still gets credit for, for, for making some good moves. But I do think we have to talk about the job he's done in the last three years. Yeah, I agree. Let me ask you a quick question before we get into it. First of all, I'm very excited. I love going over things move by move. I just, it's a, I enjoy doing it. So I'm very pumped to talk about all the moves he's going to make. Um, but I noticed something you said, and I'm curious how you would relate this. So you said 2017 was great. Absolutely. But you said it's time to move on. Just curious how you view that in relation to Carson. Not to bring it back to Carson, well, but I feel like when we talk about uh, Carson again, in 2017. I, think, I, think, I mean, okay. Well, you got to stop bringing it to Carson here. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> okay, well, he's the most important player on the team. But Look, I'm just, you know how I feel. I think, I think the last four games we saw of him was as good as 2017. I think that Carson Wentz is a star, and also it's very different, whereas Howie Roseman is not hampered by injuries and lack of off-seasons and that's stuff. Fair. Like okay. It's all apples to apples with Howie moves. Wentz it's yeah. not, and that's the I'm difference not, in discussion. I'm not trying to make a point, more as I'm just curious where the lot, like where your mindset is on well, that. Well, I think like, Carson I, was great in 2019, at the end of 2019. So I don't think he, you know, how he has been, how he has struggled since the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna go through these moves, but when I when I went back today and I looked, like, there's not, I mean, the best move I could come up with is Miles Sanders in the second round, and here I am again hyping up Miles Sanders, but like. I, it's hard to find any move Howie's made where you're like, that's a really savvy, under-the-radar move. It just is. Like I, he, I'm actually shocked in going through the list. That I would have – so I've, I've been more defending Howie Roseman than not prior to this offseason, and now I've started to, to go the other way. I, as you know, hated the Hurts pick. I, yes. I've not liked much that he's done. I thought the slave trade was great. I like Hargrave. I think he's made some nice moves. It's not been all awful, but – in terms of what we're talking about here today, the focus, the idea of young talent on this team, Howie Roseman has really not proven that he can draft and develop young talent. Like, he hasn't done it yet. Like, he has not done it with any sort of consistency yet. And I, I think that, you know, the, the Andy Reid years and all that, like, I don't give – I don't look at how he is the GM of those teams. Like, I know he was. I don't – that that means nothing to me. Okay. That was Andy Reid, in my opinion. I know how he was involved. That was Andy Reid. I'm talking about since Howie has taken over, back, chip gone, the whole thing. This is Howie show. It's the most yeah. it's ever been Howie show. He is the lone, important, final say, voice in the room, so to speak. So I think now we can really look at these three years and say, all right, what has Howie done? And the results are not great. Let, let's dive in, Elliot, because there's a, you we got a lot go, to get do- through. Do you want to go through – so there's three ways we could do it. We could look at 2018, 2019, or 20, and 2020 in full years, or do you want to go through the draft each, uh, uh, each of the three years? That's a great question. Then free agency, and then hmm. I, the other categories I had were trades, and there haven't been a ton of those. And I, 
I mean, I think one of the big areas we're going to have to talk about with Howie is the extensions he's handing out. Like, I- Well, that's for yeah. sure. Let, let's start with roster moves and stuff. We'll get to the extensions later. I, look, I think the extensions, I don't know if there's a huge conversation about it. He's done a bad job. <laughs> like, that's just a fact. And we've talked about it. That's the reason they're in salary cap hell right now. And the whole Howie's a master and stuff, like, it's caught up to him. The Alshon contract, a disaster. Guaranteed Deshaun that year. Not a good decision. I mean, we've seen multiple decisions now where he's kind of, as you always talk about, kicked the can down the road, and it's come back to bite him finally. And you said for a while that yeah. it was going to come back to bite him at some point, and it did. But we'll get to that. Let's start with with actual moves, the general okay. manager moves. Why don't we um, – I like the idea of going through uh, – what do you think, year by year? I think year by year because I think we can give I the agree. context of where they That's were That's okay. exactly what I was thinking. All right, so 2018. This is – Obviously, the first year post Super Bowl as a Super Bowl champion. Let's not forget that. All right. Um, You know what I was thinking about a few days ago? Because I was thinking about the combine and whether there'll be a combine next year and all that. But like this combine after the Super Bowl. So this was, I was in Minnesota. I guess the Super Bowl would have been what, February like 3rd or 4th? So I'm in Minnesota there. February 4th, Elliot. Come on. Yeah. February 4th. Yeah. Come flags, on, Elliot. Flags always fly, right? Do or not for flags is. fly forever. Flags fly forever. Yeah. There we go. All right. So <laughs> I'm in Minnesota for the Super Bowl, obviously. And then like three weeks later, I see Howie in Indianapolis. And let me tell you, I have never seen anybody walk into a room with more swagger. Than that guy did. Like I am like sure him and Doug. He was acting like it in the press conferences too. He's joking yeah. around. He's like messing with reporters. Yeah, it was like cocksure Howie. And he's always a little. And I, I'll use the word smug. I don't mean it in that like to come off negatively. But his pressers are always a little like jokey and like trying to be funny. So, but so the way the combine set up, it's just like a huge ballroom. And all the coaches and GMs are generally in there and they walk in and out when they're doing their pressers, they do like media off to the side. And so you, because Eagles traveling media is so big, you always have to get there very early to make sure you get a spot up close. Like you could, I was not looking at the front door. Everybody walks in and you could like feel when Howie and Doug walked in that, like the, just the way the aura they had with them. I kid you not. Like they were walking around, like they were on cloud nine still. It was pretty crazy. And I always just remember that coming off of it. Like, the high that they felt winning off of that Super Bowl. So as we go through Howie's moves, and you just mentioned it's important we don't forget it, but like from where he was then to now is just pretty wild. So let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, well, let's dive in because there, it's, again, it is quite shocking how many bad decisions have been made. Look, uh, we, we're going to mention every move. There are a few we don't need to discuss. I think we can all agree as we are now at 2018 free agency. We will start with heading into the 2018 season after the Super Bowl. I think we can all agree. Kamar Aiken, Leroy Reynolds, Matt Jones, Marcus Wheaton, Paul Warlow, Richard Rogers, you know, Mike Wallace right. because of injury. Haloti Nada, Corey Nelson. Can we agree those were all just straight misses? Like I don't. There's no argument yeah. to be made on. Now, Nada, I guess, played some snaps for the team, but like, I mean, come on. Well, he was definitely a miss. And and the important way to look at these moves too is when they signed Haloti Nada. It was what a great signing by Howie. Under the radar move. This guy's really good. He'll be a great rotational player. And when you look at that off season. That was really when the trend of signing older players, like they did it prior to 2017 and they hit on all of them. But I think when it worked in 2017 into 2018 is when they really started to do it. So Haloti Nada was was a bit of an older guy. Richard Rodgers, I think, was older at that point, not as old, but old. 
Kamar Aiken was older. Corey Graham was older. Matt Jones was both, I think, not that good and then also older. Leroy Reynolds. I don't remember how, how old he was, but he was definitely not, like, young. So that was where that offseason started. And, again, you just went down the line. I mean, I, I counted 13 moves that offseason. Corey Nelson, miss. Haladi no, Nada, miss. Mike Wallace, a move that a lot of people were excited about. He, he gets hurt, but, again, like, if you sign older guys, it's going to happen. Miss. I mean, that offseason was absolutely brutal. Of the 13 moves, I have 11 of them as misses. Yeah, well, and and even then, the hits, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. The one move that I mentioned is trading away Torrey Smith. That was obviously a miss. Daryl Worley was off the team in, in like a week. Um, so that was a clear miss. Um, the only two moves, and again, these are, these are, and to be fair, like, look, none of these are monster signings. None of these guys are high-level, you know, type of players. But they're all, if you miss on enough of these, you know, filling out the roster guys, your team's not going to be good enough. Really the only quote unquote hits on the list, re-signing Nigel Bradham. And even then that's a, it's a hit, but it's not I like thought a, it was a hit. I thought it, it was, was fine. He was good. He wasn't as good as he was in 2017. For they did sure. pay him a lot of money that offseason. Like, right? I think he least... was 2018. He was somewhat overrated compared to what they gave him and what he was in 2017. But it was fine. I won't say it's a. Yeah. It's certainly not a miss. And trading for Michael Bennett, giving up a fifth and a seventh and uh, uh, Matt Tobin. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Was it Matt Tobin? I think so. And it was um, Marcus Johnson, the receiver. Marcus remember? Johnson. That was the Marcus yeah. Johnson one. Yes. Yes. Regardless, I mean that's a clear hit. And even though Michael Bennett didn't last year, Michael Bennett gave him one good year and was a valuable player for them. I'm fine with that. Clearly, he was someone that, you know, didn't fit. You would say in the locker room. But I mean, didn't when you look like down it, this, yeah. when you look down this list, Elliot, we're talking about team. And granted, they didn't have as many holes in their mind because they're coming off the Super Bowl and the roster is still theoretically pretty strong. But man, to have an off season with 13 moves, and we'll get to the draft. 13 moves where one is a definitive hit, and even then, it's Michael Bennett, and then one is a a, a hit like a single. You know, right. and then 11 just straight misses, like unquestionable misses. And granted, you know, Mike Wallace got hurt. Uh, Paul Warlow got hurt. And you can't always account for that. But man, not a good well, offseason. Here's the concerning part. That was an entire offseason. And it was only two offseasons ago. None of those guys we're talking about are on the team right now. None. Zero. An entire offseason didn't. Zero. Didn't, none of them are here. Still here. Um, I also think that you didn't mention this, but I think it's important to bring up. Now, Remember that offseason, uh, they they ended up moving on from Torrey Smith. They traded him to the Panthers. But prior to the trade, everyone's like, okay, well, they're going to be cutting Torrey Smith because of financial reasons. They ended up missing Torrey Smith. I mean, the receivers have not been good. Torrey Smith played pretty well for Carolina, or at least I'd have to look it up, but he's arguably outplayed probably every, every receiver the Eagles have had since then, except Alshon. I mean, he he he's they've needed receivers. He made the decision to trade away Torrey Smith, sign Mike Wallace, and we're going to talk about the money, but things like that are important because it's easy. Uh, we were on the air this past Saturday, and someone called in, and we're talking about the salary cap situation, and they bring up, you know, well, they'll just make all these moves and get rid of these guys. Well, you have to replace them. Like, trading away Torrey Smith, everyone's like, what a great move. How he recouped an asset. Well, they ended up missing Torrey Smith and the Mike Wallace signing, yes, due to injury, but it didn't work out. So, yeah, of, the, of all the moves they made, uh, I think it's important to bring up that when, when Howie has, find, has found himself having to clear cap space, he's been able to do it so far, but replacing it has been tough. Yeah, this is a clear rough offseason. Now, as far as the draft goes of the – and Grant, we don't have the results for this most recent draft, but I think of the drafts, 
this is probably the best. Granted, not a ton of picks here, but only um, five. And, only five. And to be fair, also, you know, I don't know how, inv- you know, if who if we know how he had final say, but we don't know what Joe Douglas did or didn't do. But Joe Douglas was here for this draft. I think you have to include that in the discussion when you talk about it. But look, this is a, a solid draft. You make the trade out of the first. You end up getting Dallas Goddard in the second. That's a clear hit as a second round pick. Avante Maddox in the fourth. I, I agree with you. I would call that a hit. Now, you know how excited I was for Avante Maddox heading into last season. I thought he was going to be the best cornerback right. on the team. That clearly didn't happen. I, I, I'm yeah, not, I did too. I'm not, yeah, I'm not out on him, but I'm also not nearly as high as I was. Regardless, as a fourth-round pick, someone who can play for you at all, is I would say is a hit more than a miss. Josh Sweat, I would say, is like kind of a hit. I mean, he's a rotational player in the fourth round. That's fine, but... You're also not finding some gems here, you know. You're also mm-hmm. none of these guys are, are. I mean, we hear all the time about third, fourth, fifth round players who who bust out and end up being. I mean, Jason Kelsey, a perfect example of a sixth round guy who ends up J- being Jaylen a, a Mills. multiple time All Pro. Jalen Mills is a seventh rounder. I mean, there are examples of that. And while those are are solid players, they're not hitting on those later round diamonds in the rough. And again, the last two picks, Matt Pryor, who knows, but for now, I think is clearly a miss. And Jordan Mailata, you know, it's a seventh rounder, but I would say a miss as well. Well, all right, let, what let do you me, think about have, this draft? Okay, and, so and kind of how it relates out. All right, so a lot of takes. First, uh, Matt Pryor, um, I had him as a miss last year. I'm starting to think that's maybe not fair. Now, granted, they did sign Jason Peters to start over him. So, you know, they can say whatever they want, but it doesn't speak highly of how they feel about Matt Pryor. It just doesn't. Like, I get that. You want him to be the Vitae where he can play all types of positions and be a backup, but you had a chance to start him and you elected to bring back Jason Peters. So, you know, I, I guess it's a miss, but as a six round pick, I mean, it's fine. It's a rotational lineman. It's fine. Yeah, he, it's not, a, it's, it's yeah. whatever. It's neither a hit nor a miss. It's whatever. Right. Um, what's interesting about the Dallas Goddard pick, and this is getting off on a bit of a tangent, but let me just throw this by you. The pick that they traded at number 32 did end up being Lamar Jackson. And I, I don't think they would have drafted Lamar. I get your. They definitely wouldn't have. They would not. I, have, I, so. I get they not. But 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 by the logic of the Jalen Hurts pick, and I get that you had Nick Foles and things were different. But like, I I don't know. Like by the logic of the Jalen Hurts pick of we're a quarterback factory, we're always gonna you know emphasize the position, all those things. Like in an ideal twisted world, in like a alternate twisted world, do you think there is a world where they should have just taken Lamar? Like for the people that like the Jalen Hurts pick. No. Well, look, I mean, you can't say like, yes, of course, there's no – Lamar, if they redraft, Lamar Jackson's the first pick of the draft. So like, of course, the, anybody should have taken Lamar Jackson at that point, but not where they were. I mean, it's a different thing this offseason. This is, again, a team that it did not just win the Super Bowl and is going to try and win it back-to-back. They right. were – clearly all in going for it and also look you can't kill him because they ended up with dallas goddard with the pick that they traded back in but um I, yeah i'm not I, killing I, him I, they were never going to take lamar jackson there especially with both Foles and Wentz still here like it i get what you're saying but i didn't like the hurts pick so i wouldn't have said they should have done that okay. back then I, I hate the whole quarterback factory thing to begin with so Agreed. certainly with high picks i again the quarterback factory thing works if you take guys in the fourth and fifth round and develop them into valuable assets. Taking guys with first and second round picks is just using assets where you need help with other young players. When we're talking about a roster that is 29th out of all 32 teams and 25 yeah. and younger talent. Like, think about that. Like, we could be looking at this and instead of, you know, taking Jalen Hurts, you had another player who theoretically could be on this list. 
So well, my my dog. The other agree. thing. Yeah. Well, the other thing your dog agrees. Uh, the other thing about the 2018 draft. I mean, maybe Avante is a starter, but none of these guys are clear cut starters. Like none of them are unquestioned. Well, I think starters. I think Dallas got if Ertz weren't here, Dallas Goddard. Well, Dallas Ertz, Goddard is a Ertz starter. Is here. But Dallas Goddard is an NFL starting tight end. No question. Right. Uh, agreed. I agree. I, he would probably start for, I don't know, 25 20, other teams. Yeah, like, I would a, say like a lot 20. Yeah, a lot of teams. So the point is you have to, you can't, just because Ertz is here doesn't, you know, it's that, that does matter. Context matters there. Well, but yeah, but the other context is Dallas Goddard, your first pick in this year, in that year's draft, is probably never going to play more than 50% of the snaps here. Like, and, and Avante Maddox might start, and if he does start, I don't think anybody's no, going into next two year. Two tight ends are enough. Like, no. They, there's enough two tight ends sets in the NFL these days, and especially with the Eagles, where I, I think it's fine. You have a weapon as a tight end. It's totally fine. Again, he it's would start fine, for, but, for 26 other teams or whatever. Like, no. Right. I but, strongly disagree with this. But we've now gone through the 2018 free agency uh, and the 2018 draft looking at Howie. And and so you get five draft picks, uh, twelve different signings. None of them are starters. But like, Dallas so, Goddard so, is a starter, man. Like that's not fair. Like Dallas Goddard, but he's Goddard, not. But he's but, not a come starter. on, man. Starter is is it, this is a word. It does, I don't care who's on the field to start the game. I care about con- contributions of players. Dallas Goddard is a player I want on my football team. Dallas Goddard yeah. is a worthwhile asset on my team. I don't care if Zach Ertz is in front of him or not. That again, it, it starter means nothing to me in this context. You understand what I, I'm saying? And, yeah, no, and I agree. I agree with that point. But you want to guess? All right. So last year, Goddard played 66 percent of the snaps. That was that is higher than I thought. I'll admit. In 2018, he played 48 percent. So I'm I'm not saying it's a bad pick. Don't get don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I think Goddard is a top 10 tight end. I think he's going to be good in the offense. All those like next year, he'll have a bigger role in all those things. But regardless, it's still not a it's not like a a starter. It's not so. Again, disagree it, it, again okay. this is this okay, is gonna, semantics let's move on we're we are we have a lot to get through let's move on uh semantics disagree 2018 there were two other moves that were in season um i i think one is a clear hit signing crave on leblanc off the scrap heap that i don't think we need that to go might, too far into it his best under the radar move it but could I have been that's also a joe douglas move in my and opinion it's also in- so yeah from chicago and all it, but it's also right. someone who who we as fans seem to like a lot more than the Eagles. I mean, we're worried he's not even going to play this year, or even make the roster yeah. or whatever, you know. So, so it's a we look at it as a hit, but it's not like a big hit. They don't even but play. It, him. But it is a it is a move where he came in in the middle of the year, and I mean, Jim Schwartz and he said, mattered. Look, he made yeah, the interception well, he made in the difference. playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, mean, I agree. Jim Schwartz said, I, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but something like, you know, the defense doesn't turn things around if we don't get Crave on the block, and I think that's. A bit of hyperbole, but like Cravon definitely came in and made an impact. So that's a hit. But the other move he made that in the middle of that season, to, to me, this is like such a new, like Howie, if you want to say Howie 1.0 was before Chip got here, Howie 2.0 is before the Super Bowl, like Howie 3.0 to me, like this is the quintessential Howie 3.0 move, the trade for Golden Tate. Like you double down on the 2018 season, which at that point was not going great. Uh, you overpay for him. It's a veteran. And he was about to be a free agent. I mean, we clown a lot of general managers because, you know, we've always thought Howie was was one of the best and maybe he still is. We'll decide at the end of the pod. But like if 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 Dave Gettleman made that trade, we, we'd all be laughing. I and mean, he ended up signing Tate. But that was a, a terrible trade in, in retrospect. And at the time. Well, they- but was it? But was it? I mean, ultimately, oh, they 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 absolutely. gave up. a th- Well, no. I mean, they gave up a third round pick. 
They got a playoff touchdown out of him, and they got a fourth-round pick back. So you're basically trading a third for a fourth, a combo, if you want to say it's at the end of the fourth, whatever. I mean, I agree. Look, ultimately, if I could go back in time, I'd rather have the third-round pick than Tate. But I don't think it's a clear miss because of the combo. Oh, oh, it is. Okay. Uh, I think it is probably maybe the worst move he's made since 2018. Wow. Why? It's so, again, they did, they just terrible. I know but he they had got the, a pick back and he made a catch in the soup in a playoff game. Yeah. Like I know. That, well, the only touchdown. Yeah. And I think he had another big catch in that game. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, he had that yeah. like kind of floated ball where his yeah, over over shoulder the, made that nice yeah. catch. Look, Golden Tate was certainly considering the player he was and the situation, a disappointment as an Eagle. But I think the actual move itself, just in a vacuum, well, a third round wasn't pick what I agree. Not- I, again, I would take the third round pick, but they did get a comp pick back. I'm just saying, I don't think it's nearly as bad as you're making it out to be. Okay. Well, I, I think it was, I think it's terrible. I, I could tell. Make, yeah. I mean, it didn't. And also for what it's worth, all this talk about how the Eagles need to get faster Golden Tate has his strengths as a player. I mean, speed, at least now, or at least when he was with the Eagles, was not one of them. Like, he was very much a, you know, catch an eight- or nine-yard pass and hope he breaks tackles. I mean, and he did for a lot of his career. Like, this is not anti-Golden Tate the player as much as— and remember when they brought him in, there was a lot of talks, a lot of talk about how the coaching staff couldn't figure out, like, you know, how to use him, essentially. Right, which I blame the Eagles for. Regardless, look, we're going to, uh, again, I'm not saying it's a hit. I'm just saying I don't think it's as bad a miss as you do because they got a comp pick back. Regardless, we could okay, agree to miss, disagree though. on yes. Golden Tate. Uh, I just said it's not a hit, but yes. I just don't, I think you hate it worse than I do. I think it was fine. Um, all right, 2019, moving forward, free agency. Um, let's blow through a, a few of these quickly. Orlando Skandrick is a clear miss. Blake Countess, a clear miss. The Alshon contract, we mentioned it before, a disastrous yeah, miss. Disastrous. Maybe yeah. maybe his biggest miss here. Um, Zach Brown, you mentioned before, a clear miss. Um, Richard Rodgers, can, we can stop talking about him. LJ Fort was LJ Fort was kind of a double miss. They signed yeah. him, let him go. I know they wanted the comp pick. He ends up being a really nice player for Baltimore. So the signing of LJ Fort, I actually think, wasn't a miss. The decision to let him go was actually the yeah, miss in that case. They couldn't utilize him too. Yeah. I mean, he, I, although I think he he was pretty good in training camp. They just yeah, I don't know what happened there. That was just I think they wanted the comp pick. I think I think how he oh, got yeah, that's carried right. that's right. I think how he got a little carried away with wanting comp picks and they cared more about the comp pick than the player on the field. And LJ Fort was a guy who could have, you know, actually helped them. Um, re-signing Ronald Darby, a clear miss there. Um, and then, look, I, you have a couple on on the, the list where, like, signing Malik Jackson was clearly missed because he got hurt. So it's hard to kind of kill Howie for that. Uh, definitely mm-hmm. a miss. Um, a couple ones that I think could go either way. on. Oh, and re-signing Timmy Jernigan, clearly a miss as well. That didn't work out. But I mean, yeah, Andrew, it, Andrew Sandejo. Well, Andrew Sandejo played for them, and then they got a comp pick for him. So it's like, I don't know. Is that a miss? I hated him as an Eagle. He was my least yeah, favorite Eagle. A- I was happy they cut him. But they got a comp pick for him. So like for signing a guy and getting a comp pick, I thought it was meh. Nah, Whatever. Def- it's definitely a mess, but go ahead. It's well, you got def- a fourth-round pick for it, right? I mean. No, you didn't get a fourth-round pick for I him. I thought it was a fourth-round pick they ended up getting because of the Sandejo oh. thing. Okay, maybe, but you, you still – I mean – to your Look, point, uh, here's the issue. Playing him was the issue. Carry him right. on the roster and, and don't play him, him and get the comp pick is my point. Well, like, they signed, they clear, this is another yeah. – no, but there's another – they cut him before the 10th game. This is another example of how he's saying, I want the comp pick on this guy and I'll use him while I have him and then I'm going to let him go. And that was the plan the whole freaking time. 
Anderson Dale was here for a comp pick. And I get it. I just don't love it. I would say it's a miss too, but at least there's some redeeming value to Sendejo being here is my point. Whereas, you know, a lot of these other moves, there's no other side to it. But again, I agree. We're not arguing. It is a miss. Okay. Yeah, it's um, a miss. And re-signing Darren Strolls was a miss. There are some some moves that could be, that I think are are definitely hits. I mean, re-signing Jason Kelsey's a hit. Um, re-signing Rodney McLeod, maybe his best move of this offseason, potentially considering the number that he got Rodney McLeod at. Well, and signed him last offseason, remember? So we're talking about the previous offseason. They, they, they signed him to a one-year deal last offseason, remember? Right. Isn't that the one we're talking about? No. They, they, so he re-signed Rodney at the beginning of 2019 to the one-year deal. Remember, I think, or, or they re, or sorry. They right, like I'm talking about deal. the one-year deal. That's the what I'm talking about. Okay, yep, yeah, exactly. We're yep. not at 2020 yet. We're going to talk about Rodney getting re-signed again for the two-year deal next. Yep. But right yep. now I'm talking about the one-year deal for one point whatever million was a, was a massive hit is my point. Yep, my apologies. No worries. Come on, E, stick with me here. I know, I'm trying, I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> well, there's just a, a lot, look, there's a lot to get through here is the point with a lot of names, and a lot of well, them don't matter. It, the point is like, it, I mean, they don't. a lot of them are not debatable is my point. Well, the other the other thing too is when we go through this list, a lot of repeats, right? I mean, re-signing the guys same time, multiple times, bringing back guys on one-year deals multiple times. So that's part of the confusing part as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true too. That's why we're getting ourselves confused. Um, the Wentz extension, you know, you know how I, we we do not need to debate that more. I thought it was a, a great contract at the time when they did it. I thought it was smart. You would have waited at the time to sign him. Ultimately, that that is still to be decided, uh, you know, whether that was a hit or a miss. I think it's a hit, but obviously. Yeah, I have. Um, I, I'm not. Deciding. You have reservations. I'm I think it's a clear a hit. I don't think it's a hit yet, but. OK, which is fair. I think it's a hit yet already, but we can agree that that there is still something to be written with that one, so to speak. You have an interesting one here. Resigning Brandon Graham is a hit. It was a pretty hefty contract. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, I mean, he's been their best pass rusher. He was their best pass rusher last year. I think he projects as their best pass rusher this year, you know, depending on what you get from Fletcher Cox. Uh, I think he ended up getting, what wasn't it? It was like three years, 35 million around there. So, you know, good money for sure, uh, but not cap changing money. Um, next off season, what, you know, they're going to have to figure out what to do. But I think it was a hit. I mean, he played at a high level last year flat out. So if you get another good year out of him, I think a two year deal. Yeah. I, I, I think that one was a hit. I agree with you. And I know there are a lot of people who think he's overpaid. I don't, I, I think, I don't think he's overpaid at all. I, I think there, but I know, but I mean, there are people yeah. who do, there are people who do. I mean, Jody Cameron being one of them. So I it definitely get said that, that people did not like that contract. I agree with you though. I think it was a hit. Um, I think what, Isaac, what do, think Samo- about, what do you think about this one really quick? Sorry to interrupt you again, but, uh, trading for Jordan Howard. I, I was going to get there, but <laughs> I got the all list, right. um, I, but I, that's I fine. Bet, it's all good. It's all good. Let's do train for Jordan Howard now. That's fine. Um, I think it's a hit. I think it's, I know that it didn't work out at the end of the season, but you gave up a fifth round pick for him and he gave you, you know, over a half a season of, of real contribution. Obviously the way it ended with the injury was a bummer, but I think Jordan Howard was a hit considering the price you gave up for him. Yeah. You gave up almost nothing for him. I think that the cautionary tale with Jordan Howard though is like, he's kind of, he's kind of been like the example how he's used in terms of everyone freaks out about a position. And then, you know, they say, all right, we got time, right? I know the draft is over, but it's, it, we're always in the process of improving the roster. And when they traded for Jordan Howard, again, good value, you know, played huge in that green Bay game, played at a high level, but 
ended up getting hurt. I mean, a lot of these guys do end up getting hurt, which is part of it. But yeah, I would say I would say a hit, but he did not have like a season changing impact. Like I guess some people maybe thought he was going to, and he didn't completely fill a hole that people thought he was going to. Yeah. Look, it looked like it was going to be a, a home run and then he didn't play the last six games and it's like, all right, well, you know, yeah. what is this? But I think more hit than not considering what you gave up for him. And look, I think the Isaac Samalo contract um, is an automatic hit. I know that he's not a lot of people's favorite, but you got a starting lineman for like a million bucks or whatever it is. Sure. It's insane. I think that was a great contract. But all right, so we're, there's a lot of moves this offseason. We just went through, I named a 17 moves, I believe it is, something like yes. that. There's a lot of moves here. Sum up this offseason for me. We've gone through each one. It's more misses yeah. than hits, but some hits, particularly on contracts, which is not exactly what, you know, we're kind of looking at when we're talking about acquiring and, and developing young talent. But but what do you think about this offseason as a whole? Well, so we talked about 2018. We said between the draft and uh, the free agency, not a lot of projected starters. So and we could well, I know we debated Dallas Goddard, but arguably no projected starters or one. When you look at the 2019 free agency class, uh, extended Carson, he would have been here anyway, but regardless, that's a starter. McLeod's a starter, Graham's a starter, Kelsey's a starter, Peter's a starter, Sayamalu's a starter, Malik Jackson's a starter, Deshaun Jackson's a starter. So they a lot of these guys are starters. Now I get that it's more recent, so of course they will be, but at least that they weren't one-year deals to some of these people. So I, I think 2019 was a better offseason. In, in a lot of ways. I think some of the moves he made ended up playing better, like Vinny Curry, under the radar type of signing. He, he played pretty well. Um, you know, Orlando Skandrick ended up being a disaster off the field, but, you know, he did have that one really good game against the Jets. So I thought there were some better signings that offseason than there were in 2018. No, no slam dunks, but I thought 2019 was better than 2018 was. Yeah, I agree. We forgot to mention Deshaun signed and traded for. That so far is a miss, obviously. They're, you know, if Deshaun's great this year, maybe, maybe. Well, I, I think the, the miss team, part but... and the miss part of the, of the Deshaun thing is they traded nothing for him, but they redid his deal. So then you tied him, you tied yourselves to him for 2020. So if you would have traded for Deshaun and, you know, maybe at least give him a deal where you weren't as tied. I mean, he had no leverage. He wanted to come here like Tampa Bay was going to keep him. So. I was just surprised that he did that. So that's the missed part of the Deshaun. Not so much the trade and the player. It's the contract they did with it. And trading away Michael Bennett. I mean, you have it as a miss. I, I think it's just a whatever. They, Michael Bennett was clearly not going to last in the Eagles rocker, locker room. No one liked him. And look, he has since retired from the NFL. So, you know, I think that's a whatever type of move. I, I agree. I think having Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett was better than the fifth round pick or seventh round pick, whatever they got for him. No question. But I don't think that's a big miss. I think it's just kind of a whatever, but I, I agree slightly more miss than not. Let, let's mm -hmm. add in the draft here. Cause um, to, to get the 2019 kind of picture fully together. And I agree with you that a better off season, but still when you look at this off season and where we started the conversation, like, there are now they re-signed some guys, and again, those were guys who are already here. But I don't see Howie going out and getting young players, even yep. you know, twenty-seven, twenty-eight type of players who are here for a long period of time. Like none yeah. of them, They're, none of these guys on this list are guys who you feel like. And again, other than the re-signing of Kelsey and stuff like that, who are core parts of this team for the future. And that that is another offseason without adding to that where guys are getting older, guys are kind of moving away and all that. Now that's why the draft is so important, yet only five picks. And when you don't hit on all of them, 
you're right. finding yourself another issue. Like Andre Dillard. Uh, look, let's just start by saying Miles Sanders is a massive hit in the second round. We both agree. Yes. We don't need to belabor that. Dillard, JJ in the second round, Sharif Miller in the fourth, Clayton Thorson. I mean, Clayton Thorson, obviously a miss already. It was off the team immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, Sharif Miller, I think we both agree, not going to make the roster a miss. JJ for now is a miss. I'm not, again, ready to say he'll never have any sort of career, but the yeah. the year he had as a rookie, considering especially the the inability to run routes and stuff, I think is a, a, a miss for now. Dillard. Where do you stand on Dillard and if it's a miss or not? I, I know it's still to be written. Yeah, I I think you'd have to put it down as a miss for now. I, I again I would go with uh undecided, but they didn't start him last year. He didn't play well well when he got in there. He played so poorly that there were even rumors they would trade him this offseason. They're going to start him this year. I think it's already a make or break year for Dillard. Like, I think Dillard has to come out and show he can play. If he struggles, he'll be on the roster, I guess, in 2021. But I don't think he'll be starting. Like, I don't think Dillard is going to be afforded 20, 25 games to show he can play. I think Dillard has this year to show he can play. And if he struggles, he'll be gone because you cannot have, or he'll be at least not be starting. You cannot have Carson Wentz's left tackle not be playing at a high level. So, even though it's only the second year, first year as a starter, I think the clock is already ticking on Andre Dillard, and that certainly gives it a miss vibe. Um, look, Sharif Miller in the fourth round, it gets overlooked, but the Eagles needed pass rushers last year. He was not able to get on the field, and now they've signed enough people and traded for enough guys that I don't even think he's going to make the roster this year. Clayton Thorson has kind of become a joke in terms of the fact that they cut him right away. But Sharif Miller was around earlier. He was at a more important position. I mean, the Eagles had uh, Carson Wentz as their starter, and then they also had Sudfeld. They didn't have McCown, but they, they, you know, you felt more confident about the quarterback position. Sharif Miller, you knew you needed somebody there. So I think that that's going to end up being a, a pretty big miss as well. Well, especially when it was someone on draft day, we're all like, "What? Yeah. That seems high for him, really." Like if you're gonna reach on those type of guys. I mean, and then they literally give you nothing and it's apparent immediately that it was a miss. That's, that's bad. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. bad. And like Clayton Thorson, like that's the thing that's frustrating with the Hertz pick is, is you tried it a year before and you blew it. Like that's the right idea. Take a quarterback in the fifth round and develop them, turn them into something, but they miss there. And then they're like, all right, let's use our second round draft pick on just a better talent. Like, I don't know. That bothers me. The fact that when we're talking about an Eagles team that had five moves, five draft picks, excuse me, in back-to-back years, so 10 picks total in 2018 and 2019, and knew they need to get younger, then you come into this year and you take a quarterback for the second straight year after one didn't work out, especially using a second-round pick, that really bothers me. That bothers me. That's using two draft picks in two years on quarterbacks, when you have no young talent on the roster, that that's an yeah. issue to me. That's an issue to me, and I agree with you on Dillard 100%. Like, especially when, look, whatever they want to say, and look, he's he's there. I mean, they're going to give him a shot, all that stuff, but whatever they want to say, we definitely know that the Eagles are not super high on Dillard. We know that they are not 100% confident he's the guy because none of that other stuff would have happened. Rumors don't come from nowhere. You know what I mean? Agreed. Like, it's not like there's nothing attached to that, so... I think it's pretty clear that Andre Dillard is absolutely a make-or-break season for him. Um, not a great draft year. Miles Sanders is no. a hit, but and o- then you look at the four misses. Yeah, yeah, and you look at the two years together again. Ten draft picks. You got two guys who you totally believe in, and mm-hmm. then 
three other guys who are on the roster, you know, or who will be on the roster. I guess Matt Pryor's on the roster, but you know what I mean? Like, right. it's not great. It's not great, and it's a big reason why the Eagles are so low in these, these ESPN rankings. Well, and before we get into 2020, I think and we one, still have the 2019 in season moves too. Don't right, forget. and that was a lot of. I mean, th- we'll get into more of the extensions now, but like the Jannard Avery trade, you gave up a 2021 fourth. Uh, we'll, I mean, that's a we'll, miss. It's a miss. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows? But like that, I think it's a miss well, because we'll, we'll what other yeah. what other team was giving up a fourth round pick for Jannard Avery? What other team was giving up a fourth round pick for that guy? Right. Yeah. I, he I wasn't think- even playing in Cleveland. Like, what are we talking about? Well, look, two pods ago, we set the over-under on two and a half for him, and we both took the under. So, you know, like, I think he could maybe turn into a rotational guy. Um, but, yeah, it's, again, a trade that – and also at the time, remember when they traded for him, the pass rush was struggling. So everybody's like, okay, he's going to play. And then they're like, well, we really did it for 2021. Which so, is ridiculous. Which it's is ridiculous, ridic- yeah. Again, I think that's a move that – it's a great point, and I'm happy you bring it up, Elliot, because that's a move that we don't talk about a lot. But, like, what were they thinking? Yeah. <laughs> what were they thinking? I well, really, I, I mean, there has to be a better use, whether it's just drafting someone or uh, using that fourth round pick to, to get someone who's a lock to contribute for you. Like you got to use that fourth round pick more wisely. You just do. And then, so later in the 2019 season, they extend Brandon Brooks. Now here's my issue with the Brooks thing. Great player, best guard in the league, arguably when he's healthy. Like again, you're doubling down on older people and injuries happen. He's now been he's now suffered two major injuries since then, and you're tied to him. So that you know, that that's part of the issue with the extensions too. Like extending Alshon, extending Lane Johnson. Well let's let's home. do let's do all the extensions now, real quick. because uh, okay. I mean we've kind of talked about them. we we have very made very clear and agreed that the Alshon one is you know, maybe his worst ever. And I agree with you. I think the Brooks one, while I love Brandon Brooks, it felt unnecessary in the moment it was done. Um, yeah, timing. Like, why? The timing. So, And I feel like we see that a fair amount with Howie where he thinks he's out in front of things, and sometimes he is, but sometimes he's not. Yeah, well, and then I think, you know, he always he spouts the message of, well, if a guy's a lifelong eagle, you know, we, we, we want, well, no, he's not a lifelong eagle, but we want guys here that are going to be eagles, right? Like, it felt like the Brandon Brooks thing was an emotional move. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he had at least one more year left on his deal. You could have played him all through this upcoming season and then just signed him next offseason. It's not like you got him at a discount. They paid him a ton of money. I think he was the highest paid guard in NFL history when they signed him. So why do it then when if you wait a year, like, first of all, he's a year older. So, you know, his value in that way isn't as high. And also for what it's worth, I mean, who knows how things play out differently and whatnot. But if you didn't sign him then he tore he tore his Achilles again. So like you know his value is just not as high. So that one ended up not working out as well. I hope he comes back and plays well, but it's clear that that's going to not it looks like that's not going to turn out well. Yeah. Uh, I'm not uh I'm not excited about. It. Look, the Lane Lane Johnson uh extension was a good one. Um you know, other in-season moves, they trade for Duke Riley, whatever, you know, who knows. Right. Um, your boy Jordan Matthews. Yeah, don't say it. Workout. Just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all right. So let's let's take the sum of this, and then we'll quickly, you know, 2020. I think we all we've talked a lot about the moves they made. I think people yeah, it's know too early to kind of make decisions, but it's on too those. early. Ultimately, the big key is going to be how these draft picks pan out, and you know, and obviously we've talked a ton about it, but in terms of of <laughs> the, how we started this conversation, 
young talent. Like they need some of these guys to be good because they're deficient in that. But let's take that what we just talked about. We just went through a lot of moves and, you know, obviously some quickly, some a little bit more um, in detail discussion. But 2018 and 2019, the two years after the Super Bowl, Howie Roseman on the top of the world. How would you grade Howie Roseman for these two years now that we have at least, right. I think, enough enough information to, to feel good about most of whether they're hits or misses? So when, when you go through and you look at each move, I had him with 34 misses, 15 hits, and three where I don't think you can really decide yet. Uh, now, one of those three is, is Duke Riley, so it's kind of irrelevant. But overall, way more misses. Now, it's important to point out, and I'm sure Eagles fans listening right now are probably like, you know, you guys are just ripping Howie to shreds. So we're not, I'm not trying to be overly negative, but so it's important to point out that GMs are not going to have a percent, uh, a, you know, a batting percentage of, of 70%. Like you're going to have, in theory, more misses than hits. What's concerning is he has over twice as many misses and there's just not those long-term players on the roster that you feel you're building around. And that's, that's what makes this draft so important. Like if Rager doesn't look good, you know, the receiver position's extremely bare, all, all those things. So Definitely way more misses and hits. I, I think the good thing is, in some ways, you've seen kind of like a, a organizational change. At least they talk about it, you know, emphasizing speed, emphasizing youth. And, youth. and we talked about the top of the pod how maybe that's not completely come to fruition with some of their most recent moves. But, you know, they, they, they have shown at least some willingness to do that. J Javon Hargrave feels like a 2016 signing in terms of a young guy like Brandon Brooks, Rodney McLeod at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's those type of things. But yeah, and look, uh, the Darius Slay trade with the way the offseason played out and the, the trade compensations we saw for other, you know, similar level type of players at different positions, that looks like a really good trade. You know, a third yeah, and a fifth agreed. for Slay, it looks like a really good move. And the, and the contract he signed to looks like a fair contract for who he is. So, like, I, I, there were some nice moves this offseason. I think... I think it really, and you hit on it, it you know, really, and I think that's why we started the conversation, right, is that how he's going to have, uh, one big issue, like we talked about, is there are not a lot of those, like, Miles Sanders, like, hits that are going to influence the Eagles in a very positive way for years to come, and I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing missing from these lists, but also, you know, it's just the idea of young talent, you know, across the board. It's, it's restocking this team with young guys who are – not even they don't even have to be like Miles Sanders guys who we think could make Pro Bowls or whatever. They just need football players. They need guys who you can start every game and feel good about it. There are just so few of those when you go through this list or these lists. You know they, they're they're just really missing on those, and that's why this 2020 draft class is so incredibly important because yeah. they need an infusion of young talent and. You know, I so, look. I I to your point about people sitting there and you know say you're you bashing. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Elliot, let me do it. I got I know, it. I, I got it. Trust I me I a little bit. You're all jacked up here. I'm sorry. I, got it. I, know, I know. I got it. I'm getting there. To the point of where uh, listeners are sitting there and saying, you know, Howie Roseman, uh, you're, you're just killing him and stuff. This list deserves to be killed. I, I think it is fair to go through and say, and again, that's why I mentioned the top that I do think that what he did in 2017 still has to matter. Like we're starting to turn the page, but I'm not forgetting that he had a perfect off season and, and made all these great decisions and great moves. But the further we move away from it, the more you have to look at the moves and say, is he doing a good job? And I think over 2018, 2019, you have to say no, you have to say no. I, I look, so to your point about a grade, you put up a poll on the GoBirds uh, Twitter account at GoBirds on Twitter. 
discussing Howie Roseman on the pod today. Since the Super Bowl, what grade would you give him overall? And um, I voted in the poll, and I see where my little check mark is, and I have him as a C. And honestly, like I'm closer to DF than I am to B. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Now, now the poll results are three percent A, forty-five percent B, forty-seven percent C, five percent DF. I think he's solidly in the C. I feel very confident and that is where the majority of voters are, just slightly over B. Um, I think that he has been a C-level GM for the last two seasons. Again, I am hopeful about some of these 2020 moves. I like his free agency moves and trades. Like I like the slate trade. I like the Hargrave move. I like that stuff a lot more than I like the draft. But that's a problem because the draft is what's going to have to sustain you. So... I'm, I'm after doing this show, after, you know, my verdict on discussing Harry Roseman, mm-hmm. the trial that we're doing here today, the, the faux trial, whatever, is that I come out of this podcast feeling even worse about Harry Roseman when I actually look at each of the moves and how they happen than I did even before we started recording. So I told you at the top of the pod, I was super excited today. So as you can see, that's why I've been jumping in and I apologize for that. Like, I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm I'm having fun with you, buddy. No, I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying like, I am, I'm excited for football. So you, but you're right. Like when you look at the, when you look, when you go through move by move, I mean, I've said on this pod that as long as Howie, Doug and Carson are here, like they're a playoff team. So you do, I do have that faith in him on the surface, but when you go move by move, I think you, you hit it on the head. And I was thinking about this coming into the pod. So I voted a C as well, but nice. if he told me I had to pick an A or an F, I would pick an F like, and oh, well, I, that, without question, he's nowhere close to an A. Yeah. And, and I think if I had to vote again, I would vote a D or an F. Now that doesn't mean he's not still one of the best GMs in the league, because when you talk about large pitcher, like, you do you do have to take that all into consideration. And he's two years removed from winning a Super Bowl. So I still think he's a top 10 or 11 GM in the league. And I don't know how many like great GMs there are right now, but how he's been bad the last two years. And, you know, when you talk to, you know, Eagles fans, whether it's on, on, on air, on Twitter, the, the perception of him has changed a lot. Like there's people that really, really think Howie has screwed this up. And I think that shows in the voting, like, if you would have ran this poll two years ago, what percentage would have been A's? Oh, I mean, buddy. Not 98%. Buddy. Even, buddy. even after 2018, right? Like it probably would have been, I don't know, 55, 60% A, majority B's, like not many C's or D's. So so things have definitely changed. And as we go into next year and coming off the ESPN poll, it is a concern. It is. Like if you, if you had to rank Doug Howie and Carson, how would, how would you rank them? I mean, it's, we've done this before. Howie's last by a mile. I have Doug. I have Doug one, Carson two, but it's like razor thin, like mm-hmm. razor thin. Like I am very. I would consider Carson's right there with Doug for me, and Howie's like way back, like waving at me, like, "Hey, up, guys! Wait, don't don't leave without me! Don't leave without <laughs> me, guys! I'm right here." Yeah, his little vote. Yeah, with his little jokes. Yeah, but um, I think I would probably put Howie last. I think, you know, to some degree, the fact that he's not an athlete that I have to worry about getting hurt, like. I sure. still, I still would trust Howie to run my team. Like if I was, if I was, if I became an owner and you know I was going through resumes of the GMs, like Howie would be on my short list. Because, and the thing to to remember with Howie is, and this is a bit of like the process Sam Hinkie thing. But if I saw the information Howie had when he made the moves, I don't think I would disagree with the majority of them. Like I bet I would come to a lot of those same decisions. But the results are the results. Like at the same way, where if I'm going to sit here and kill Carson for not winning a playoff game the last two years. 
but you know, then there's context to it. But at the end of the day, the results are still the results. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, um, I'm definitely more, I'm definitely closer to a DF than I am an A and, and, and even a B. And that's bad. I mean, that's, yeah, it's bad. And again, look, you get, you get some rope when you win the Super Bowl, when you make the playoffs three years in a row, like all that stuff matters. Like, and again, I think we would both agree that I think certainly the last two seasons, Doug is more responsible for them making the playoffs than Howie. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think that, again, I'm not advocating that Howie Roseman is a disaster and he should be gone or anything like that. I still I agree with you. I think he's still probably a tough, not even probably, he's definitely a top half GM in football. There's no question, but definitely, I think his deficiencies He's not infallible in the areas we thought he was. We've seen that with the the mistakes and the extensions, the cap stuff and all that. And he really needs to do a better job in the areas where he has been deficient. I mean, uh, this 2020 draft class is the most important draft class of Howie's career, in my opinion, in terms of how we look at him, how we all will judge him. Of course, who knows with Jeffrey Lurie? Jeffrey loves Howie. Who knows? I, I don't know what it would take for Howie to someday be gone at Jeffrey's hand. I would think a lot. Exactly. But I think from a fan perspective, from a, uh, you know, how we view Howie, I think this draft class is the most important of his career. Cause I, I think that if he misses on another class, if we're sitting here doing this same show next off season at this time, and we're looking at what he did in the, the and you know, we still don't know what the, the new draft is um, in terms of whether those players will be good or not. And we look back at, at this draft and say, Oh, well, like, you know, no one, you know, Jalen yeah. Rieger, bad year. Uh, you know, if Kevon Wallace is the only guy who we think is good at, or whatever, you know, yeah. I think, well, I think the pressure and I think the, the, there will be a lot more, we'll do the same poll and it'll be a lot more CDFs than, than B, which was the second vote one now. Like, I, I think this is an incredibly important off season and draft for Harry Rose. Yeah, and he had 10 draft picks, right? I mean, he's always talked about wanting volume. So he's, he's going to have that. We're going to find out a lot. I mean, even also just with some of the – I mean, the free agency signings, I guess the decision moved Jalen Mills. Like, there's those type of things. But you're right. The draft is absolutely crucial. It's going to be a weird year because of COVID, as we've talked about. So I don't know how much you'll be able to take from it in terms of, like, impacting his job. But I agree. Like, how he – how he's going to be here for a while. So as opposed to, you know, hoping he, uh, hoping the Eagles replace him, if there's someone out there that hopes that you just, you're better off hoping he improves. Cause I mean, they would have to go, I think three and 13, two years in a row. Like it would have to get, I agree. I a hundred percent agree. It would have to be, yeah, it would have to be bad. It would have to be, and they would have to have had a bunch of misses of big picks. Rieger would have to flame out. JJ would have to continue to flame out. Um, Like it would have to be, pretty clear i totally agree with you but i think that we need to start looking at howie with a finer tooth comb so to speak like it's yeah the i am at the point and i always wonder when it would be i am at the point where i am ready to move on from the super bowl in terms of how i judge howie and it's it's all fair game now because he hasn't been great well, 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 welcome to that side of the argument. I know. Right? <laughs> what, 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 yeah, what? yeah, welcome to that side. No, but yeah, I agree with you. And it's just why I'm so pumped to see these guys play in a week to get, yeah. you know, their first, their first, my first look at them to not just watch a 59 second video to see how quick Reger looks in person, to see how Jalen Hurts looked, to see Kayvon Wallace. And obviously we'll be seeing the whole roster. Like, so we'll see, you know, we'll see Carson, we'll see all these people. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to, to see the rookies. And oh, like I said, man, one week. 
One week, and I will be watching practices. One week. One I love week. it. And we will be here to talk about it. And look, we'll be back on Wednesday. We've already got a, uh, I think, a really fun idea for Wednesday's show, yep. unless something happens in the news, you know, which diverts us. And, and I, I will definitely on Wednesday get into some of the college football stuff when we have more clarity on whether there will be not. I know that's a big thing in the sports world right now. We'll definitely get to that. And um, Friday, we'll be on the air on WIP on Saturday. You're going to get your fill of us if you if you want to hear Yeah. Well, football is definitely back, man. Like, we were going from recording once a week to we dropped four pods in your uh, yeah. in your feed last week. And yeah. I, you know, it was fun to go over the divisions and everything. So, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I feel like I've said it 40 times in this pod. But I'm, I'm just You're excited. I'm excited. I won't say it again. <laughs> Who's the athlete that says it all the time? Man, wasn't there someone? I feel like recently someone did a count with a video they said all the time. That's what someone might do with this, and I can't blame them. But I, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, great idea. Okay, at GoBirdsBot on Twitter, let us know. Any enterprising person um, who wants to uh, take the time. Now, this is a big ask. I wouldn't do yeah. it. But if there yeah, is don't, someone, don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Literally, don't do it. But. If there is someone who wants to, let us know how many times Elliot said excited in this podcast. Can, can I have I got one more question funny. for you? Yeah, one of more question. So obviously everybody should go listen to the High Hopes pod. But we talked about how excited we were for Sunday. I'm just curious what your quick thoughts were on Spencer Howard. Because I was pumped to watch him. I sat and I watched the whole thing. I was just curious what you thought. Yeah, I thought he looked really good. Um, I think that you could see the talents there. Look, it was his first ever major league start. I think the jitters were there. I think you saw that. And ultimately, look, he got beat by two of the best hitters in baseball. I mean, Freddie Freeman and yeah. Ronald Acuna are legitimately two of the 15 best hitters in the sport. So, you know, I'm not going to kill him for that. Two great hitters got him. I think for the most part, we saw that the stuff is there. The fastball is heavy and it's hard. You know, the, the secondary stuff is nasty. Um, so I felt, I felt pretty good with it. Again, you know, you want to see him come out and just completely dominate, but I think nerves got to him a little bit. I think he was facing mm -hmm. a great lineup and some veteran hitters or, or just great hitters were able to take advantage of it. And look, I think there was a little bit more pressure going in game two, going up against Max Fried, who's a freaking ace level pitcher um, and, and knowing that you had lost game one. So I don't think it was the best spot for him, but I, I think on the whole, I'm, I'm significantly more impressed with it than not. So per eye test, which he definitely passes, I think he's better than Aaron Nola. That's that's my. <laughs> take. Yeah. I love it. I, I think love he's better. He's better Coming than Aaron. Coming in Nola. hot with the baseball. Just takes. just watch it. like just looking at him throw a baseball. Like he's better than Aaron Nola. Well, and look, I I think his ceiling is certainly higher than Nola's. I mean, and again, yeah. look. To be fair though, Nola Nola was number three in Cy Young voting two years ago. Like Aaron Nola's ceiling is clearly quite high. So I yeah. don't want to dismiss it. You're not as as high on Nola as I am. I still think Nola is a ace level pitcher. He's not like an ace is ace. He's not Scherzer. He's not, you know, those top, mm. top, top dudes. But I think he's right there in that next group. And I think Spencer Howard certainly can be in that group or better. I think he's the sky's the limit for Spencer Howard is what I would say for sure. Well, it's funny as I went to sleep Sunday night, like feeling good about Spencer Howard and, you know, the Sixers game was exciting, though they lost. And it kind of overlooks the fact that the Phillies, if I'm not mistaken, ended up getting absolutely smoked in both games, right? Like, what was the yeah. final score? Yeah. It was 5-2 and 8 nothing. So Yeah. 13-2 so for the day. It was not great. Not, not great. great. But not great. On the flip side, uh, uh, Mets starter Marcus Stroman yeah. just opted out. So that's something. There you go. Well, he, was already, he, was already, he was already hurt. So, But still, 
Don't blame the guy. Turned into high hopes all of a sudden. (laughs) Well, we're baseball guys, ready? Yeah, we are baseball guys. There's no denying that. So, (laughs) you got any final thoughts? Uh, No, not really. I, I mean, that was a deep dive into Howie, which was fun. Um, Nah, man. I mean, like I said, we have some good coming up for Wednesday, and. Thanks to everybody who's been listening. I said four pods last week. Big numbers. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. That's the last thing I'll say. Feels like I was, like hope, I was hoping I was hoping he would do that. Well, guess yeah. what? I too am excited, Elliot. I can't yeah. wait for next Monday. That's gonna be awesome to actually have like real Eagles action of of any kind to be talking about. So we yes. will definitely be recording after Elliot is seeing them do what they do. That'll be a pot you don't want to miss. But Wednesday, again, we got a fun one coming. Another one Friday. We'll be on the radio on Saturday. So we're here. Hit us up at GoBirdsPod on Twitter for anything and everything. And again, of course, don't forget to download the Parks Sportsbook and Casino app. It's super intuitive, super fun. Um, You've heard us talk about it. We'll talk about it more. But it is a fun way with football around the corner to really get involved and start getting some of those future bets in there, which I'm sure you and I will talk a lot more about coming up. So, until Wednesday, for Elliot, I'm James. Talk to you guys later.